Hello and welcome to the F the Glitter podcast, the podcast that is centered around highlighting women of color in the world of graphic design, brand design, and marketing strategy. I am your host, Ashley of A. Louise Creative, and today I have the honor of having Miss Shamir Taylor as a guest with us. So Shamir is the owner of Designs by Shamir, and she's in Houston. So we're back in the South, y'all. We're back in the South. We're back in the South. And based on her bio and the little research that I've done, she's worked with some pretty big name brands and some big name small businesses. Um, to my understanding, she's a full-time brand designer, which is awesome because that means we're kindred spirits. We're together. <laughs> so Shamir, tell us about yourself. Tell us how awesome you are. Thank you again for having me um, on the show. I'm definitely honored to be here. Um, yes, like you said, I am the owner and founder of Design Spot Shamir Creative Agency, and I have been full-time since um, 2016, so we are in our fifth year of business. Woo-hoo! So just definitely um, got over the hump. You know, most small businesses, they say, go out of business between one to five years. So, you know, we like to believe that we are definitely on the right track um, and have some staying power in the industry. So just really honored to have been here. Um, And some of the brands that I've worked with, definitely, um, we've worked with brands such as African Ancestry, you know, which is known for doing like DNA testing. We've built some back-end stuff for them. Um, We've worked with brands such as Izzy and Live, which is one of the top um, uh, online retailers us for black girl magic items of all sorts you know calendars t-shirts those types of things and we've done some design uh work for them um we've also worked with um uh the owner of sassy jones boutique which is sharice jones so we've done some creative stuff for her over the years we've worked with um beauty brands such as coils by nature uh lamique beauty um man like so many different awesome amazing lipstick by imani so many awesome aromatic allure i'm just thinking of all the so how'd you find little old me um we connected on the uh, graphic design um african-american graphic designers on facebook group so that's how we got okay. connected um and i remember you posting something about your podcast and so i looked into it and you know you posted about season two and i just thought that it would be awesome to a connect with other black designers like myself um, creators um and just to really kind of see what F the Glitter was all about. So that's how I got here. I'm so special. I'm on the little list. <laughs> she got this big list. I'm on, I'm little. I'm on the list. I'm like, ah, oh, she finished, she finished. So how long have you been in the industry? Um, I started designing in 2003. Um, I went to school for design in Atlanta, a school called American Intercontinental University. My major was visual communications and my specialization was graphic design. So I've been, um, I concluded school there in about 2003. So I kind of started freelancing around that time. So I would say mm-hmm. I freelanced from 2003 all the way into 2003. And um, I guess 16, you know, so I've been designing for almost 20 years. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah, wow. 20 years, yeah. So when did you know that you wanted to be a designer? Like, when did you know that that's where you wanted to stay? I probably would say probably like 16 or 17. Um, when it was, I was in my junior year of high school um, or senior year, junior, senior year. And my mom was asking me, you know, so what do you want to do when you grow up essentially like what are you going to college for what's the next step and so I was just thinking about 
um, some things I wanted to do. So quite naturally, the first thing in my mind was I wanted to do hair because, you know, all girls love hair. We just think that, you know, we're going to be the best musician. So that was like the first thing. Right. But when I wanted to do hair, I wanted to go to the top school and the top school at the time to me was Vidal Sassoon and it was located in Los Angeles. And I'm a Jersey girl, so it was far away from home. And then when I started looking into the program and they didn't offer financial aid and the tuition was like $16,000. And this is back in like 99. So 98, 99. Oh, so, you know, my mom was like, that ain't gonna work. <laughs> yeah, no. So then I was like, oh, well, I want to do makeup, um, makeup, like special effects makeup for movies. Okay. Same thing, okay. um, that didn't work. So then um, one of the things I was like, well, what do I like to do naturally? And I always loved magazines, was the girl that would tear things out of the magazine and paste them up on the wall. So I really always liked visual communication things, but didn't really know what to call it. So um, back then when we looked at careers, we used to go to the library and get a book called The Occupational Handbook <laughs> to look at the different careers. And so um, I remember seeing something about graphic design and I noticed when I used to read my magazines, I will always go down the masthead and I would see graphic design in there. So a light bulb went off and I was like, oh, I want to be a graphic designer. So literally, I, that's how I stumbled upon graphic design. And that's how I picked my major. Um, then I found schools that supported graphic design, which then led me to AIU because at the time there weren't a lot of colleges that accepted. They had mm -hmm. SCAD, they had Art Institute, and then AIU. Yeah, it's so high. Yeah, SCAD is high. And then you have to submit a portfolio to get in. And like, I was a newbie in graphic design, so I had nothing to submit. So I was able to enroll in the program AIU and actually essentially learn from scratch. And so, yeah, that's how I got my start. Well, you've always been a creative. Yes. yes, yes, yes. Kindred spirit. <laughs> I started when I was... Um, I started when I was 16, but I was 16 in 2003. <laughs> um, oh but I, uh, <laughs> no, no, no. I started off uh, pursuing psychology and I went to Clark Atlanta. Okay. So when you said AIU, I was like, you was mad at this When I went to Clark and I went to school for psychology and I, I've been doing it since I was in high school. And then when I went to go get my master's, I did my first semester of my master's degree and then realized I don't ever want to sit in nobody's classroom ever again. Like, I don't want to do this. No, I don't want to write no more papers. I don't want to do none of this. No more. And then my husband was like, oh, at the time we were dating. He was like, why don't you just do your business? I was like, I don't know, man. It's Atlanta. Everybody out here do this. Like, yeah. He was like, just do your business. And I was like, eh, whatever. I didn't even really get into it like professionally until we moved down here to wait mm -hmm. And so I was like, it's interesting that you were like, yeah, I went to school for it. I was in Atlanta and it was awesome. And then I moved to Houston and it's even more awesome. And it's like, yes, you always done it. You know, it's just, it makes the funny thing though, I think what made me, it's funny because I went to school for it, but I didn't go to school because I wanted to be a graphic designer. I went to school because I wanted to have my own magazine. And I knew graphic design was a piece that I did not know, right? So mm -hmm. essentially that's how I kind of picked the major because I'm like, I wanted to be this media publisher, media conglomerate, whatever. I just wanted to be in the media industry. And so graphic design was the skill set that I didn't have. And what actually, I guess, forwarded me into being a graphic designer, like really getting into the freelance spaces. Um, when I was creating the magazine, I hired designers. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I had this designer <laughs> ghost me at the oh, tail end of a project like the huge a huge magazine project that I was working on like literally we were going to print I think we already got a proof and we just needed to do some tweaks and I was ghosted and that was the most horrible 
horrible feeling in my life and I felt so out of control and I was like okay you have to get a grasp on this so like I learned graphic design in school but it actually wasn't until that experience while I was still in school simultaneously I was trying to launch the magazine where I was like thrust into the world where it was like you can never be in a position where you cannot control what you were creating like your mind created it you communicate to the designer the designer took it and ran with it but like literally you're at that person's mercy that was really what kind of like shook me to my core and I was like you really got to get beyond just knowing how to do logos you need to learn how to do layout mm-hmm. and so that's just like a little interesting <laughs> so, so let's take that and pivot though like how important do you think it is for designers to learn print like to learn the ins and out of print design because like there's a lot of us out here who focus specifically on digital and internet you know what I'm saying but then when it comes to print they're like totally clueless and it's like yeah you know what I mean well I feel like digital is winning right now like the the way of the world is definitely digital um I think most of the opportunities are surrounded by digital but depending on who your clients are, you still need to know how to set up files for print. You know, like for example, like I'm working with a restaurant right now and I actually just sent the files and it's for outdoor sign, for outdoor menu for a restaurant. So of course, you know, you have to make sure that you know how to do print. I design packages for different um, cosmetic brands. And so of course Mm -hmm. that's, you know, you're following like die cuts and those types of things, box lines and those types of things. So I think it's definitely important for you to be able to do a variation of different types of products. I don't feel like it's essential because maybe you don't want to be a package designer or a sign designer and those types of things. Um, so I think it really just depends on what you want to be as a designer, but I'm the type of designer where my clients come to me and they're like, Hey, can you do this? And then even if I haven't, I'm like, okay, no, I haven't done it before, but I can, I can figure it out. So I think it really just depends right. on um, what type of designer if you're a badass in uh, digital marketing assets and that's what you do and that's your zone of genius then I say why have to learn print however I think that you are limited um, if you don't learn print if you want to really start to you know take on more projects that are off the computer and actually tangible and which is what I really um, enjoy doing. Mm. I find that this a that's a common thing is that a lot of us we don't we like designing digital but we love it when we get something we can touch like we can be like it's real it's here like here touch it touch it touch it yeah that's the joy that's the joy that's the true joy in design because literally I can design thousands and thousands of pieces or hundreds of pieces maybe put it in a better context but when I touch something that I created it's like a whole it's a whole nother level so I love I love print you're like I did this yeah you know like it's like a little baby like yes (laughs) so what kind of projects like really get you going like your favorite type of projects or your favorite type of clients that like you be like we about to do this it's gonna be hot you know what I think lately as of late definitely packaging design like it's so funny because um package you know how we say, what are the things that stretches you as a designer? Like, you know, you have those projects where it kind of stretches you and it pulls you and you hate it while you're going through it. But on the other side of it, you're like, oh, that turned out really good. That's kind of mm-hmm. how I got into packaging design. It was my first thing I think was a deck of um, a flashcard deck um, for a company called Raising Black Millionaires. 
And they were like, hey, mm-hmm. can you sign some cards? And of course I'm like, I've never done it before, but let me try. And the project took a really long time. There was a lot of back and forth and it just kind of was one of those things where you just feel like, oh my gosh, what have I said yes to? <laughs> and mm-hmm. then on the other side of it, when the project was done, I'm like, oh, this turned out really good. But it was so many lessons that I learned. And so then the next person mm-hmm. was like, hey, I saw you design this deck. Can you design my deck? And I'm like, okay. Let me take those lessons I learned from here and do it with that. And that project turned out a lot more phenomenal. And then it just kind of grew from there and um, grew from there. And I'm like right now in the process of doing some package design for a brand that's going to be on Ulta this year. So that's really, really exciting for me. Um, And I've done some other cosmetic um, packaging recently. So I really want to start to thrive more in the packaging design space. I think I've, after all these years, nearly 20 years, I think I'm finally in of, yes, um, packaging design. And I've, you know, I've done um, labels for like, you know, store products and those types of things. So it's like, literally when I'm thinking back to some of the stuff that I really enjoy, it's those tangible physical projects. And most of them has um, been regarding to packaging. Gotcha. I love it. I love it. Cause like, that's my thing is like, if I can touch it, let's just, just like, can we do something that goes to print? And they'd be like, why? I, like, I just want to touch it. I, I want to touch it. I want to touch it in all its glory. Like, I don't want to touch the proof version. I want to feel the lamination. I want to feel the embossing. Like, I, I want to feel it. <laughs> so what would you say was the most important step you took when starting out, like you've been doing this for a long time, you are what we would consider a seasoned professional, but you finally went completely freelance, like 100% in 2016. So like, what was that important step that made the difference between the sink or swim? I really think it's just um, believing in yourself. Um, If you don't start, you'll never know. You know, and I feel like it was this kind of like, I knew I had clients. I knew everything was referral-based and my business is still pretty like 95% referral-based, but, but I, there was never a, there was never a time where I felt like I wasn't designing because literally I would go from project to project to project to project. So I think when I became more intentional and was like, okay, I'm going to do this full time. The demand is there. The clients keep coming in. Let me really just put like a full full force effort towards this and say, hey, this is what I'm doing full time. Um, And then everything else kind of laid out. So I really think it's just about putting one foot in front of the next foot. Um, You are going to stumble, you're going to fall, you're not going to price properly, you're going to get burned out, all those things that come along with being a designer. But I really think it's just about putting one foot in front of the next, even at the stage where I'm at now, five years in business, it's still about putting one foot in front of the next because the same. I make not the same mistakes I made at the beginning, but I'm still making mistakes now um, in my fifth mm-hmm. year of business. So I really think just keeping one foot in front of the next and um, remembering why you started, you know, it's just like design gives you freedom. Like you said, when you wanted to, when you were in school, you're like, I never want to write a paper again. I really want to just focus on this. It's like, at the end of the day, like, I know I love design. I love seeing that physical product. So even when I get frustrated and things are not working out, I just kind of remember where I started. And I'm like, you know, you're doing some great things. You're not only just um, helping your own self, but you're also helping other businesses get to market and helping them 
um, you know, reach their dreams and those types of things. So I think just kind of remembering why you started and keeping one foot in front of the next has helped me get to where I'm at today. Okay. So how would you describe your style, your design style? Ooh, I feel like that's such a loaded question. <laughs> I feel like that's such a loaded question because um, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I don't, I've never had to define my style. Um, mm-hmm. I don't feel like I'm corporate. I don't feel like I'm artsy. I don't feel like I'm urban. Mm-hmm. So I don't really know. I just feel like I'm just Shamir. Like, you know, I'm just, this is what it is. Like, I, you know, and I'm not, not to be funny. I just don't really feel like I fit into a box and say, hey, all of my work looks this way. All of my look, work looks one way. I literally, when I get a client that comes, I try to immerse myself into their brand culture and try to really understand who their audience is, who they are, and, and bring the best out, whatever asset I'm creating, whether it's digital or actually print. So I think that, you know, when you say style, it's hard. Like I have clients from government contracts to small mom and pop brands to restaurants to doctors to dentists to cosmetic companies so it's like I don't feel like you can how can you say this style applies to all of those things I don't think it does um but I mean if you want to say like I guess I'm a more of a classical classic and traditional designer um because I use you know the you know the concepts that we that we learned you know about you know fonts colors um symmetry and all those types of things so I think I would say I would I'm mm. traditional maybe classic in that sense but definitely with a modern edge and modern twist um so I think if I needed to define myself maybe that's where I fit in that would be traditional yeah. I think it, I mean based on what you just said I think it's it's more adaptable you know like, like you you've got that shamir flavor but it's you adapt to the brand that you're working with or creating um but it still has your little bit of sprinkle sprinkle on it you know what I mean oh, like, I, I think that's, that's okay 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 thank you <laughs> <laughs> I mean that, that's what you said though like, just, okay so it's not I wouldn't say you know how people say I'm not religious I'm spiritual <laughs> it's like you believe in something it's just you know it changes so you know you're adaptable here we go <laughs> I love it <laughs> Um, so how has business been for you? This is officially, it's been a year since we've been on punishment. We've been on punishment for a year, y'all. Like it's March 17th. So like last weekend was the last normal weekend we had last year. (laughs) How has business been? How were you able to pivot? You know, (laughs) so when the pandemic first hit and everything slowed down, I was happy because I got a break. I was like, (gasps) Nobody, nobody don't need nothing. Nobody don't want nothing. Cause everybody literally was just like on the edge of their seats. Like, okay, what's going to happen? What are we doing next? So I literally, I took advantage of that unknown. I was like, look, we need to see what's going on. on the <laughs> I took that time. Like I enjoyed my break. I enjoyed not being busy. I enjoyed not having a thousand things being pulled from me. So I actually, the pandemic was good for me because it really gave me a time to rest. And I feel like rest is so important for designers because we are always working on something. Um, And there's never not a time where you don't have something that you need to be trying to do. So I took the pandemic as rest time and um, I still had business come in. 
And then of course, when things kind of start to be like, this is the new normal, then of course, business, you know, continues to kind of pick up. And because I'm in a website, I do websites also, you know, everybody's going e-commerce. So people needed new website banners and they want, everybody wants to be on Shopify and those types of things. So there was an uptick in business. Um, and it's pretty consistent still. Um, but the beginning of the pandemic, I really took those first few months and just really just rested, child. I was like, thank you, God. <laughs> Say it again for the people in the back. Designers are always working on something. Yes. Always. There's never not a time. Like, literally, I'd be like, when was there a time where I wasn't working on something? I don't remember. No. Which, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a blessing, though, because it's like there could be that time where you're like, oh, shit, what am I going to do? Ain't nothing coming in. Ain't nothing supposed to go out. Ain't no invoice supposed to be paid. Like, what am I supposed to do? Or it could be like, yo, this is about to be a good payout next week. Like, all right. Like, this is awesome. Right. <laughs> so I, I, I feel that. But that's good that you said that you got a chance to rest. Because a lot of designers, marketing, anybody who's in our particular field, most times we don't really get to rest until we just finally say, you know what, fuck it, turn the computer <laughs> off. I'd be like, I'm done. Yeah. I don't do it anymore. Go away. Yeah. So what what helped you the most when you honed when you finally honed in on your niche? Like it sounds like your niche has kind of come into package design and retail. Like that that sounds like what your niche has become. So like what's kind of helped you finally hone in on that and lock it down? <clears throat> well, um, for two years, 2018, 2019, up until mid-2020, I was a part of a mastermind group with Traffic Sales and Profit with Lamar Tyler. <laughs> um, and while in that group, you know, it was my first time really investing in myself in any type of business coaching and those types of things. And so in the group, um, you hear niche come up all the time. What's your niche? What's your niche? What's your specialization? What's your magic sauce? Like, what area are you the best in? And I feel like being in that group, working with so many different brands that have product-based businesses, um, that kind of helped me kind of like shift and start working with those types of clients. Um, so I think mm -hmm. that the niche was being around the niche, being inside of the niche, being connected to people who was a part of that niche. So I really feel like sometimes mm -hmm. my, my customer experience, my clients kind of pulled me into this space, the types of clients that I was getting um, more so than me actually making a decision. And it's so funny because people always say, you got a niche down, you got a niche down. And I used to be like, no, I don't want a niche down because I don't, I don't like just working on one type of thing. I like the very, I like the variety. Somebody says, Hey, can you do a billboard? Sure. Hey, can you do a t-shirt? Sure. Hey, can you do packages? I'm sure. Hey, can you do an obituary? Sure. So I like the variety because I feel like that's when you don't get bored. Cause I feel like when you're doing the same thing over and over and over again, it's not as mm -hmm. fun. So, um, I was very, um, reluctant to niche down into a category. Mm -hmm. Um, however, just within the past, I think I would say two years, I've realized that I really like print tangible products and product design. Um, and so now mm -hmm. I guess almost going into 20 years of design, you know, I would love for my legacy to be that of a package designer, that of a retail designer. Um, I really like where I'm going into it. So if I could focus more in that space and create more in that space, I would love that. That's what's up. That's what's up. <laughs> I love it. I do. I love it. I love it. Like just seeing the excitement pour out of you as you talk about it. Like, I love it. I love it. It gets me going. Like, ah, I love it. So <clears throat> for someone who is looking for your particular service, 
What is some advice you would give to them when vetting a professional? When vetting a professional, um, of course, you always want to ask for examples to see examples of their work. Um, <clears throat> you want you want to make sure that the person at least has the quality and taste level that you're looking for. Because I think that there are a lot of talent, talented designers out here and it's literally like a box of crayons, like every color is different. So I think one of the things you wanna make sure that designer can, um, has at least the quality level that you are looking for. You know, sometimes on the on the blogs or on on social media, you see people saying, "Oh, I hate those. I hate I hate this type of design. Or why are there so many designers just doing do-it-yourself kind of situations?" Mm -hmm. So I think that you definitely have to vet for quality. Um, and then I don't necessarily know if his experience is as important because there are some really really new uh, fresh designers that like have taught themselves on YouTube have mm -hmm. done uh classes on online digital classes and courses and they're really really good and they're really really slick too mm -hmm. so I don't necessarily think the amount of experience is the most important piece in this um however I think experience can definitely lend to um certain experiences dealing with like print and digital and kind of knowing how to troubleshoot so I think that it has some mm -hmm. important but it's not the most important thing um, and I think um, communication, like how do you communicate with your designer? Like, is there a natural um, attraction? Is there natural chemistry between you and the person? Like, do you get excited when you're talking to them? Do they get, do they sound excited when they're talking to you? So I think that you want to make sure that you have a vibe with your designer, because if the relationship is strained, your designs are going to be strained and you're going to feel like mm -hmm. you are not getting what you are communicating. So I think chemistry right. is very, very important when working with a designer. And, and, and finding a designer that understands your brand tone or that understands you and what you're trying to convey. So um, just really, I think communication, that's why I try to talk to all of my clients before I accept any type of projects. Like I don't, you know, some client designers have prices on their website where people can just purchase and then say this is what they want. Um, mm -hmm. And while I know that's easier and it keeps like your funnel kind of moving and keep income coming in, I want to talk to the person. I want to know if I want to design for them. Like, do we right, have, right. do we have chemistry? I want to know if you're going to be a difficult client. And sometimes you can only tell that through conversation, you know? So mm -hmm. I think uh, you should definitely communicate with your designers. And there are some instances where I know clients that use services such as Upwork or Fiverr and those types of things, and you don't have that direct communication. It's just email communication. So I think in those instances, you want to make sure that you provide as many examples as possible and say, hey, this is a style I'm looking for. I don't want to copy this, but this is the quality and level that I'm looking for. That way you can communicate mm -hmm. if you're communicating via email. So I think those are some good tips. That's a good one. That's a really good one. Like, here's an example of what I'm kind of looking for. Um, so that you're, even the designer, if you have a good communication with them, it gives them some kind of inspiration to start from, you know, because it's really difficult to start from scratch. Yes. Like starting from scratch is a nightmare. <laughs> like, oh my gosh. And you don't think about it, but it's like, eh, yeah, I have to make this idea of like really happen. I don't, I don't even know where to start. It's building that. Like for real, you don't have nothing you saw. <laughs> and then, you know what that helps too, when you have them give you an example, when you have clients give you an example, because after you've done it so many times where you're like, you put all this effort to create a design. And then when you send it to the person like, well, I really wanted something like this. 
like ma'am excuse me why didn't you tell me this in the beginning (laughs) that's why I always tell them send me some examples of some things that you like tell me what you liked about Mm -hmm. them like I'm not trying to copy it I just want to know why you like this particular website or why you like this particular logo so that way I can know okay Mm -hmm. this is what's important they like block letters they like bold colors they like simple you know so the inspiration is just so I can kind of get an idea of what your taste level is because some people's taste level are going to vary so I think that inspiration is just that it's just the inspiration and it gives me some type of spark to really get the project going I think it's also good to even ask if they don't know what they like, what they don't like. Yes. Like I had a client recently and I was like, well, what, what are you trying to say? And she was like, well, I don't really know. I, I was like, okay, what are you not trying to say? And then she gave me a whole list of the stuff that she didn't want. And I was like, hey, that's great. That is great. And she was like, are you sure? I said, yeah, because it tells me what not to do. I can do everything except these things. This is another, that, that's great. I need to add that. I like that. What don't you like? Yeah. yeah. So people say, no, I, I don't know what I want. I okay, what don't you want? What do you not want to see? And then they, they I mean, people tell you what they don't yeah. want a lot faster than they tell you what they do want. Yeah, that's and then I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah, that oh. makes a lot of sense. Yeah, what you don't want is can definitely help narrow some things down. <laughs> yeah. For sure. And with that, we are going to slide on into our break. Because we got to get some mid-roll going. And then we're going to come back and we're going to do the fun part. Right. Hey. <laughs> it's an FM membership. For real? Yes. Oh my gosh, y'all. I have put together a membership for F the Glitter. Y'all check this out. You need a community. You have been looking for a community of other creatives who are also women to help you achieve your goals. But this right here, this right here is the bridge. It closes the gap between your professional, creative, and your personal life. You've been looking for your tribe, your group of folks who you can be your creative self with, and this is it right here. I'm telling you, this is it right here. Benefits of membership include contract templates, monthly live workshops, business best practices, and a safe space to just be yourself, to just be your creative self, all right? So make sure you head on over to www.ftheglitter.com and sign up for this membership and come on and be an ETG creative, all right? That's www.efftheglitter.com. I'll see you there. So we're back and we are back to do the fun part. Now the fun part is so that our listeners can get to know you outside of Shamir, designer <laughs> Shamir, but they know Shamir who is Friday night and it's time to take a sip. <laughs> okay. um, these questions are just to get to know who you are so that we can connect with you and you can answer them professionally or you can answer them like your normal self, it's just up to you. Like I said, this ain't for the kids, but kids may be listening, but I don't really care because this ain't for them. Anyway, this is for the grown-up. First question, what is your favorite style of food? I'm a foodie, I love food. And you live in Houston, you've got all the good foods. All the foods, oh my gosh. So it's a strong tie between Mexican and seafood. Those are like my first two top two. Uh, foods I would probably say prior to moving here seafood was just like top but living here oh my gosh like I love (laughs) like 
you know, and the Mexican food is just the the price point is just so much better. Like you can eat good, you know, mm-hmm. and like literally have that savory kind of feel and not have to spend thirty dollars a plate. You know, where seafood is like if you right. want seafood, you know, you're going to spend some money. Um, so yeah, I would probably say it's a strong tie for Mexican and seafood is my top. So what's your favorite Mexican dish? Um, I love uh, bacon wrap shrimp. Uh, uh, okay. Bacon shrimp, and I don't even know. You know, they have it at most of the Mexican restaurants. I love <laughs> me a good quesadilla. Love quesadillas. Um, so I'm basic, and I love tacos. I love tacos. Tacos. So it's simplicity. It's not the like I've never had an enchilada. I'm not mm-hmm. a fan over stuff where I can't see all the thick pieces in it. I need to be able to see. Okay, <laughs> got to see it. <laughs> That's the designer in you. I gotta I know what's made of. Hold on. I need parts. to know what's going on. In <laughs> I've never had like an enchilada. I've never had like some of those like the Mexican dishes that you know everybody else is like. I, I like simple quesadilla, taco, or bacon wrap shrimp. That's all I need. Okay. Cool, 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 cool. So if you could pick any famous person from the past to spend a day with. Who would it be? And they, the past can be as early as last week. It's just anybody from the past. Dead or alive? Anybody from the past. Oh, man. The first person that popped in my mind was Maya Angelou. Um, okay. Because um, writing is like my first passion. Like, I love writing. Like, I've been writing since I was in second grade. So that's like my favorite mm-hmm. thing, um, writing. And I love poetry. And so she was the immediate first person that popped up in my mind was Maya Angelou. Um, That's dead. But I want to kind of put a person that's alive in there as well. Um, The next person that popped up is Karen Civil. Um, And we are birthday twins. Both of our birthdays were November 8th. Um, and I love how she has just been able to infiltrate and I don't want to be in the entertainment industry. Hear me clearly. Do not. I actually, you know, worked in the entertainment industry. I worked with Def Jam, but I don't want to be in the entertainment industry, but I like how she's created a name and a brand for herself inside an industry Mm -hmm. to where it's like, she is the person that you need to go to for you know for this and I, I I would love to spend a day with her just kind of seeing like man like you know I just feel like she's so dope I feel like she's dope and I feel like everything she does um in the context of um you know in the entertainment space is dope and she's created opportunities for the the musicians that she's worked with and stuff so she mm-hmm. would be definitely a person that I would love to um you know kind of sit with and just kind of see you know, up close and personal. Um, and I feel like um, our minds think alike because certain things that she does, I'm like, I would have did that, you know, had given the opportunity <laughs> or I can really right. understand why, how she, why she does certain things. So I would probably say um, Karen Sibyl. Okay, that's what's up. That's what's up. So uh, since self-care has become one of the major themes of the past year, what have you been doing as far as self-care since we've been on punishment? And when you finally get a chance to relax, what do you like to do? Well, I'll answer the second question first. I love, <laughs> I love massages. I love massages. I love massages. Um, and so when the pandemic came, it kind of took that away from us because we could, wasn't able to go to the, get a massage. So go to the spa, right? Right? Like, what? <laughs> we can't get a massage like what are you talking about 
So mm-hmm. the past year has actually been somewhat of a struggle because like anytime I get stressed, anytime I get tense, anytime I feel like, oh, I will book a massage. So like that was always my self-care mm. routine. So I've had to, I haven't had that um, lately. And I have been to, this oh. things have opened back up. I've been to the spa. I went on my birthday in November. Was that like the only time that I went? Because, you know, you're afraid. You're like, oh, these people are going to be close to my face. And right they got corona right different things so i would probably say what i you know the other piece of self-care for me is just maybe going to get my pedicure you know because it's Mm -hmm. still kind of having somebody and i always pay extra for like i'm with extra massage because i'm like i can't go get full body so whatever extra you can do whether it's hot stone which i really enjoy a hot stone um i get that kind of upgrade with my pedicure service so that's like one of the things that i feel like um is self-care and i want to say exercise um but i wouldn't be i would be lying a little bit (laughs) Mm -hmm. um i feel like exercise is the best self-care that we can do right however um i haven't been as consistent i was i would like i think in the beginning of the pandemic i exercised a lot more and then like right now i'm kind of exercising now because i know that we're it seems like we're kind of coming out of the pandemic and people are starting to move about and i'm like girl these 15 20 pounds covid put on you you got to work out because people coming out (laughs) so now it's the stress of you got to work out you got to eat better Mm -hmm. people coming outside we're not gonna be in um sweat sweat pressure you know (laughs) it's pressure girl I'm panicked. Like, oh my gosh, people got on clothes. People are dressing up. We're not in gym clothes anymore. So yeah, like. uh, I saw a meme the other day. It said, make sure you put on your jeans at least once a week because your leggings will have you thinking all is well. Girl, wait. (laughs) No lies told. But no, let me tell you what's extra humbling. (laughs) Extra humbling. Go to the store and try on some new clothes. Oh no, I don't want to do that. <laughs> Let me tell you something. I literally, I have a wedding to attend. I was in Macy's, grabbed some dresses in my normal size, grabbed <laughs> some in a bigger size just in case. Girl, why I can't fit the big? I can't fit the bigger size. I started crying in the dressing room. I said, "What have you done? <laughs> what have you done to you?" <laughs> You can't fit the bigger size, girl. That is humbling, and I feel like you know what? All this time I've been sitting here, you online shopping and you had. Go to you, go to you a store and try on some stuff that you think you could fit. You're gonna get humbled. You will be humbled quickly. Oh Lord, I don't think I can handle that. Like you, you handled that like a champ because you came back and was like, "I gotta fix this. I don't think I can girl, do that." I was like, I, oh, I was so sad. I was like, here you are, you're thinking you still fine. You are still fine. Hold up, let's snatch that back. You are oh, still yeah, fine. Yeah, yeah, still fine. Still fine. It's just, it's just a little bit modified version. Modified version. Still fine. You and still you know, fine. too, what was a measure prior to the pandemic? You know, we're always going to events, so you're taking pictures of yourself, or other people taking pictures of you. Mm-hmm. So now you just taking selfies, so you can make yourself look as good as you want in those selfies. You know, angles. But when you're out at events, other people are taking pictures of you, and so that's also that along the way, kind of like, oh, I need to do a little something here. I think mm-hmm. just not being at events and those types of things have kind of like taken that out. So it's like, I don't, I, I hadn't realized how much weight I put on because, you know, I'm just taking selfies or taking mirror pictures, you know, those types of things. Right. So, um, girl, yeah, go to the fitting room, go to your store. And Macy's is not my store, but I'm just thinking like, okay, wedding attire dresses. I feel so oh, out of touch yeah. and disconnected. So that was the first place that I went to. 
Um, but yeah, I was so, I was so sad. I was like, you know what? Throw the whole mall away. Forget it. <laughs> <laughs> so that brings us to the next question. Do you partake in spirits and libations? Yes, 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 yes. yes. What is your cocktail or drink of choice? <laughs> so I'm going to sound real old here. But my mom put me on this stuff, and it's, it's cheap liquor, but my mom put me on to this stuff called Paul Masson. I think that's how you pronounce it. And I get the mm-hmm. Paul Masson peach, and I mix that with okay. Simply Lemonade. Girl, yes. that has been the drink of comfort, the pandemic. It's a little bit of Paul Masson. I shot a Paul Masson and some Simply Lemonade, and that's all I need. And it just, it's just so, it's, and it's brown liquor, and I'm not a brown liquor girl, like, you know, Back in my day mm-hmm. when I was out and about and doing stuff or when I bought liquor, it always was some rock or a great goose, those kind of liquors. And I like rums as well. But this mm-hmm. Parmesan, I don't even know what it is. I don't know if it's a whiskey. I don't know what it is. But all I know is the Parmesan peach or Paul Mason peach is mm-hmm. my jam. And I think they have an apple too. And it's my jam. And I just use that with Simply Lemonade. And that's what I sip on. And so when people come to my house, they're like, hey, you know, make me a drink. And I make it. Everybody's like, oh, my gosh, what's this? And it's like, this is so good. It's, you know, it's it's smooth. It, I never, you know, you don't get a hangover. You only need about one glass, maybe two, if you kind of feel a little extra jazzy. Um, but mm-hmm. it's really um, smooth. And I really like it. We're going to check that out. Parmesan and Simply Lemonade. Y'all remember yes. that. We're going to do a poll, come back and see who tried it and who enjoyed it. And then we could be like, yep, Shamir put me on. Yeah, Shamir put me on. Shamir put me on. Get a flavor. I don't know how to regulate it, but definitely get it. All right. It's got to be peach. It's got to be peach. Peach and lemonade. Let's, let's peach and lemonade. <laughs> So what are some ways that you like to pull yourself out of a creative funk? Like we all hit it. We all hit it. So it kind of helps you get back. I would probably say a socialization, being social, going to a friend's house, like doing something like, especially since, you know, COVID, like just being around friends and doing something out of the norm from being in the house. I think that kind of helps me Um, going walking definitely provides clarity, getting outdoors and doing something. Um, being away mm-hmm. from the computer, being away from the home. I think now, like, that is my biggest kind of, like, woosah. Like, I'm like, you know what? I just need to get out of this house. I need to get from behind this computer, and I need to see something different. So I think that just mm-hmm. kind of pulling away, stepping away from the work um, can help me kind of get power back up. And I think it's just essential sometimes to shut down so that you can get those creative juices flowing because there's blockages, you know, um, and mm-hmm. sometimes if you're just in it, in it, in it, like, you can get stuck, you know, and it's nothing fresh coming in. So I think just getting out, hanging out with friends um, or by myself walking. And uh, I love, love, love prior to the pandemic, my reset was being around water. So, you know, I'm in Houston. Mm. We were, where I'm about an hour from the beach. So there are times where I would just go down to Galveston for the day and just by myself, get me a beach chair, walk the rocks, walk the sand, and just really sit there and just kind of get rejuvenated by just being by the water. Didn't even have to get in it, but that seeing of the water, being around the water will always reset me. And so I would probably say, you know, I haven't traveled and felt like it so long. Um, so mm. I feel like I forgot what that felt feels like. But now that things are opening back mm. up, I'm definitely looking forward to, you know, being, you know, on somebody's beach um, and just, gotcha. you know, really getting a nice reset. <clears throat> okay all right I like that like for us my thing is I have to make something hmm. like what like we got a cabinet full of body butter because I, I gotta make something really? I, gotta, I gotta put my hands on something my husband just like 
pissed because we had like body butter for days. Let me, let me, I love me a good butter. Stuff. You gotta send me some butter. I might just, I, I, <laughs> I love me a good body butter. Yes. But yeah, I, I have to make some. And so I, I try not to cook <laughs> because of Corona. Like I try not to cook, but I, I have to, I have to get my hands into something like that. That's my release, you know? Oh, so do you have a business bestie? I do. I have a few people that call me business besties. <laughs> I'm going to trend lightly here. But no, I, it's just two. Um, one of them, Latoya, uh, she is the founder of Lipstick by Imani, um, which is a lip, lip gloss line. I actually am sporting her lip gloss here. And um, I've designed her logo, Lipstick by Imani. And, uh. and I love, love, love the lip glosses. And like literally, these are my jams. So she's one of my business besties where we kind of talk daily. like personal and business um but she's like okay what you working on what you got going what can I help you with you know even though she's not in the design space and she's like my friend and my client she helps me Mm -hmm. keep moving forward she can pull me out Mm -hmm. of a funk she knows what to say to me when I'm feeling like you know it's just like always what can I do to help and then my other Mm -hmm. business bestie is um Shanette Prince she is the founder of Africa on my back which is um they sell um artisan backpacks uh, made in Ghana and like accessories pouches uh earrings and those types of things um really really dope stuff and so she we used to be in the mastermind group together and we're both from Houston okay um and so when we were in the mastermind we would always travel together we would stay at the hotels together and so we would compare notes about things that we would learn in our mastermind trainings and those types of things so that um brought us a lot closer together and we started in 2018 and like I said I just kind of ended in 2020 so we kind of she checks in with me like hey how's everything going and she refers to me as her business bestie and I refer to her as my business bestie because she calls me and she's like hey what do you think about this and so we rub ideas off of each other so I don't have a business bestie in the design space but I have two women that check in with me pretty regularly or that I check in with pretty regularly and we talk about business challenges um, we talk about business wins and we kind of support and encourage each other and pull each other out of the funks when we go through them I was just about to say, so how has that helped you? Like, especially with being a solopreneur right now, for the most part, you know, like, how has that helped you in your business? Um, it's definitely, Toya um, helps a lot, lot, because there's a time I'm like, girl, I want to throw this computer across. <laughs> <laughs> so she like, you know, she hypes me up like, man, they crazy not to like that. You, you know, you're a dope designer, everything you do, da 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 So she's like my hype person, like, you know, she hypes me up. And um, so that kind of helps when you kind of have somebody cheering you on. But she's also like, well, what can I do to help? Is there anything you need me mm-hmm. to extract? Do you need me to pull content? Do you need, what do you need me to do? Mm-hmm. So I like that. Um, or maybe she does some personal things for me. So she's like, okay, well, mm-hmm. you work on this. Hey, you need me to do this for the kids or whatever, whatever. So she kind of helps with that. Um, Shanae, that's what's up. Um, she like, that's my wine buddy. Like, we need, to have <laughs> yes. we need to have a wine night. Yes, come, come. Bring yes. wine. Bring, you know, and so she comes and, you know, we'll have some wine and just kind of, whoo, child. Just chill, chill out. out. Yeah. So I think it's just the balance, but because they're both entrepreneurs, um, Shanette is a full-time entrepreneur, so she understands the pressure that comes with being a full-time entrepreneur. We're both single moms. We both have two kids, so she understands the pressure of being a single mom a business owner, being having two kids, you know, so we have a lot of similarities in that sense, in that regard. So I feel like it's relatable. Mm-hmm. 
Um, so it definitely helps. It helps you kind of stay like, okay, somebody else understands what I'm going through. Somebody understand what this pressure feels like. Um, but then also just kind of seeing how we've all just grown and evolved so much since starting it. And so I'm, you know, thankful to those ladies for just kind of feeling like I have somebody in my corner, um, for sure Mm -hmm. to help me get through the hard parts. Gotcha. That's what's up. See, I told you, I'm gonna say that a lot, (laughs) but that's what's up. So we have come to the end of our interview and these are the last remarks. So where can people find you? Where can they send their money to you? How can they get in contact with you? You got any big projects coming up? Like what's up? What's going on? So um, yes, please visit my website, designsbyshamir.com and that's D-S-I-G-N-S-B-Y. Shamir is spelled C-H-I-M as in Mary, E-R-E.com. You can also Google designsbyshamir.com or designsbyshamir and I'll come up. Um, I am on Instagram at Designs by Shamir, but personally, I'm and I'm more active on my personal page on IG, which is just called Hey Shamir. Um, okay. But yeah, so that's where I'm at, and I'm also I have a Facebook page, um, Designs by Shamir. So everything is kind of like Designs by Shamir. So if you Google, Designs by Shamir. If you Google Designs by Shamir, it's gonna come up, you know. <laughs> um, so that's like that's the, the SEO, right? That's the SEO. It's gonna come up. So <laughs> that's where I'm at. Um, would love to connect with more designers. Um, and you know, just become more community driven in the space of you know Black mm-hmm. women who are into design. That's so we got to spend time with Shamir Taylor. I'm so happy you came. Thank you so much for being a guest on the show today. Like, I, I really do appreciate that. I look forward to working with you one day. And even if it's just a Zoom wine date, I look forward to connecting with you, ma'am. That's a great idea. Yeah, definitely. I'm down Zoom. Or you can do like, we can do like a Paul Masson tasting where you can try it out, you know, and I get yep. true reactions. What you think? How is it? <laughs> Right. So I had another guest. She was uh she told me about 19 cramps and now me and my family sitting up here drinking this Cali Red every day. Oh, I, you know, I seen you a post about it. I'm gonna have to try that one. It's not bad. Like it's it's not completely dry. The Cali Red is not like super super dry and it's not super super sweet either. It's it's right it's right in the middle. It's it's a nice mix Wait, of taste. Is that the smooth dog sweet. one? Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. My friend was telling me she was raving about it like girl. So, okay, so you're yeah. the second person that I know that have tried it, but I've seen people post about it, so I'm going to have to try it. It's, it's, a, it's a nice balance. It's a nice balance. Like, they really did, they did a good job with that. Like, they really did. Yeah, oh, and speaking of wine, I just... And then the label. Oh, the label. That's what I'm just thinking. <laughs> I actually had the honor of designing my first wine label last year in November for this line called Millionaire Mimosa. And oh the gosh. label is so beautiful. And I feel like, the the mimosa taste is, is is good but i feel like the success of the product is actually because of the packaging and she just reached out to me recently and she wants to do another version of the label with different colors to appeal to a more male demographic and um wine label so yeah um i have to check out the wine label um for that product as well because i'm like okay see i'm packaged packaged it's just all around me you guys sent me a picture of that though because i didn't like when i saw that even when i was reading i got my uh my husband he's like hooked on it i I done started infiltrating his system so now he'd be looking at stuff he'd be like 
this some cheap paper. You got to do that People be giving him business cards. He'd be like, you need to call my wife because this is not going to work. This is not going <laughs> Yes. And I, when we pulled up the bottle, like when we got the bottle the first time, he was like, you know what? They were really smart with their branding on this. Like, you see how they got it all scratched out? And I was like, really bad? Right. Like, right. like, I've taught you well. I've taught you well. You'll be paying well. attention. That's what I'm talking about. Yes, you're paying attention. So I need a picture of that wine yeah, label, ma'am, because I need to brag on you. I need hey, to brag I'll on you. you. Yeah, it's yes. really dope. It's really, really dope. So I'll definitely send it to you after. Awesome. Well, once again, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you. This was awesome. Thank you for listening to this episode of the F the Glitter podcast. I'm your host, Ashley of A. Louise Creative, where we shine the spotlight on women of color in the industry of graphic design, brand design, marketing strategy, and brand strategy. A special thanks to my guests for joining us today, and we'll be here next week for our next episode of F the Glitter. You can find us on your favorite podcast broadcast station, iTunes, Spotify, Google Cast, and others. We look forward to seeing you next week.